0: Hello there, members, visitors, and friends. Welcome to End the Church Sand, a podcast where we discuss issues and insights on how the body and the members can interact in ways that promote spiritual, mental, emotional, and relational well-being. I am Dr. Monique smith Gatson, your host for this podcast. I am a licensed clinician. However, this podcast is not intended to serve as therapy. We encourage you to engage in your own personal counseling. So come on in and take a seat on any pew you choose. We hope your time here will leave you declaring a hearty and resounding amen. Well, hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us on today. So glad to have you back with us, or if this is your first time listening to us, we are so happy to have you to join us. So thank you again for um, being here. So y'all, I am still pondering and asking this question, what does this mean from that passage in Acts 2 and 12? And so if you again are kind of just just now kind of tuning in to me, uh you may want to go back and, and review episode 126 where I've just had I've, I've, I I had begun to ponder. Um since Pentecost, since we did Pentecost Sunday, um I've been just thinking about what does it mean for us to be witnesses um for Jesus uh for the church. Um In this day and time where I've talked about there's a lot of apathy, there's a lot of church hurt, uh, there's a lot of uh, polarization going on, um, a lot of societal emotional regression. It's just a lot, y'all, that's happening out here. And um, so for me, you know, sometimes it can be so easy to kind of talk about a topic and just move on. Um, but I have really been compelled to like linger here and trust, I've tried to move, um, but it just seems as though the Holy Spirit continues to just keep me here. And so I am trying to to sit and to linger and ponder and meditate on this particular passage. And um, <laughs> true to the Holy Spirit, um, as we tarry and we wait, and remember I talked about that, On, uh, I think it was episode, um, I'm not sure. I don't even have it with me. I should have said it or known it before I was going to say it. But anyway, um, episode that I talked about, what does it mean for us to wait? And having to wait until the Holy Spirit empowers us and comes upon us before we are to to go and, um, you know, be the witnesses. And sometimes it is hard for us to wait, you know, like, okay, what are we waiting on? And God, when? But as true to the Holy Spirit's um, character, waiting and lingering in this passage, he brought some things to my remembrance And um, I felt guided by the Holy Spirit to stay here and to talk a little bit more about what does this mean for us to wait? And again, I I left that question out of the verse that is found in Acts 2 and 12. What does this mean when the Holy Spirit comes upon the church and the instruction is to go out and to be witnesses? And so what I have been doing is sitting like with a holy imagination, and um, praying for the discernment and the wisdom to imagine what does this mean for the church? And I've been thinking about it in terms of i have talked about church hurt. And um, today I'm going to talk about it in terms of what does this mean when we think about how can the church be a witness with this issue of psychological abuse. Now, yeah, like I said, I've been lingering here, um, praying for this holy imagination, asking the, the Holy Spirit to help me to formulate and help me to kind of critically think about and to consider strategies and solutions So to some of these issues that are confronting the church today. And I just don't think that, um, this is going away anytime soon because there is an awareness that has been uh, raised among a lot of individuals or has been risen. Which one is that? My father was a grammar teacher. Oh, I think it was. A uh, in, anyway, the awareness, okay, has been increased. Let's put it that way. The awareness has been increased. So, um, I don't think it's it's a it's an issue that's going to go away. So I do believe that as the church, we do have to um, pray for the discernment and for the wisdom to ask of the Lord, what are the solutions, what are the strategies, what are the policies that we as the church need when we have to consider how do we be a witness. And today, as I said, we're focusing on how do we be a witness when it comes to psychological abuse? Now, why it's important for us to talk about psychological abuse is um, spiritual abuse kind of is a form of psychological abuse. So um, over the years, as I've studied it, it's kind of considered like uh, it's a a subcategory, if you will, of psychological abuse which is spiritual abuse. So when we've talked about church hurt, you know, in some cases, in some cases it is, it's a form of psychological abuse. But today, y'all, I'm only going to drive home like one point today. And that point is going to be um, when we think about psychological abuse and when we think about How the church can respond to those who find themselves in marriages, in psychological, psychologically, and verbally abusive marriages. That's what I'm focusing on. How can the church be a witness? Like, what does this mean for the church to be a witness to those who might be suffering from psychological? and verbal abuse in their marriages. Now, I have dealt with abuse, um, physical abuse, psychological abuse, you know, spiritual abuse even over the decades that I have been practicing as a clinician. Um, So here lately, there there just seems to be this cluster of people um, that I have been speaking to not necessarily as clients, but some are, that are mentioning being victims of psychological abuse. And so I tend to take notice when things begin to kind of cluster, like I'm hearing it here and here and here and someone else is telling me about it. And so I've stopped and I've really been thinking about it and praying about it. And this is where I feel compelled that the Lord has uh, been convicting uh, my spirit by the uh, power of the Holy Spirit to talk about this now I'm on Instagram and on that platform a couple of weeks ago I did do an Instagram reel like one of those short videos and I talked about this particular um, issue which is what I'm going to talk about today I made a reel about we as church members spiritual leaders Christians disciples again however you need to kind of like you know identify yourselves these days um, we need to stop telling people to stay in those marriages. We just we just need to stop that. I think that we tend to dismiss and minimize psychological abuse because, A, I don't think that we fully understand it, and B, we kind of think when there is no physical abuse present that we kind of think like it's a really bad argument, you know, or if once things settle down, it'll be okay, and that is just not the case. That's just not how psychological abuse works, okay? Oh, goodness. So... It's a hard subject to talk about, y'all. It's a really, really hard subject to talk about. But what I just wanted to say today and where I will, will pick up the next um, episode, unless the Lord directs another way, will be to talk about psychological abuse like in more detail, in more depth. Before I start inundating you all with the information and some of the facts and the data, The statistics about psychological abuse. I just really wanted to just um, hone in and focus on a lot of times we are encouraging individuals to stay in these marriages and we really need to stop doing that. As a matter of fact, what we really need to start doing is asking them, how can we assist them in leaving? If it is a truly abusive, relationship and or marriage, we need to ask, how can we help you leave? What are the obstacles? What do you need? What type of help do you need to leave this situation? And especially y'all, when people have garnered the courage, they have mustered up the courage to say, I can't do this anymore. I have got to get out of this situation. The last thing our response should be is to say, don't leave your marriage just yet. We should not stand in a place of delaying a person who has finally conjured up that courage to leave. We should not be an agent that is um, a delay tactic. We become delay tactics. When we give advice such as, you know, before you do anything, please go speak to the pastor or, you know, another uh, minister on the staff. Or if we say something about, listen, we'll keep your kids, y'all just go out for a date. Maybe you just need to spend more time together. To a victim, spend more time with the perpetrator. of Your abuse. No, 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 no. (laughs) Or we may say things like, you know, um, we'll keep the kids or let's find a babysitter or just if you would just maybe just do what he or she is asking you to do maybe you know they won't be so upset and they won't get so mad with you um here we go or why don't y'all just come to the marriage ministry no no y'all no these are good suggestions Um, But they're just not the best, um, they're not the best suggestions for a situation that is dire. And if you are in a psychologically and verbally abusive marriage, it's a dire situation. It's a dire situation. And what we need to do is we need to think the kind and loving thing to do is is to say, how can we help? (laughs) how can we help you to leave this situation i think that sometimes we feel like if there is no physical abuse you know we're thinking okay and i also think that we feel like we're complicit in helping them to break up their marriage when really we are complicit in perpetrating Um, or allowing the abuse to be um, perpetrated. As a matter of fact, we are further victimizing individuals when we suggest that they stay. So today, this, this is really all I just wanted to say is that we really need to stop encouraging people to stay in these relationships. I do believe that churches need to undergo training, like especially the staff, they need to undergo training to talk about psychological abuse, to understand what it looks like, um, how it shows up. You know, the data and the statistics will, will give us some amazing facts that we may be thinking, oh, this would be the profile of a person when actually this is the profile of a person who is being psychologically abused. So I, 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 I'm hopeful that, like I say here, I feel like this is where spirit is kind of sitting me down to have me to kind of work in this in deeper ways. And so I'll be coming back, talking about what is psychological abuse. And again, to try to just sit with this holy imagination and asking of the Lord, like, what can we do as the church? What does this mean for us to be the witness of the church? when it comes to psychological abuse. I think about the verse found in Psalm 46 and one, God is our refuge and our strength. He is a helper who is always found in times of trouble. So if individuals are looking to the church to be the place of refuge, You tell us to come here. You tell us this is where we're supposed to find God and God is going to help us. And if it's saying here that God is our refuge and if someone is coming to the church to look for the church to be that refuge, are we ready? Are we ready? So what does it mean for us to be the church as a refuge? What does that look like? And what does that look like specifically? for people who find themselves in psychologically abusive relationships and marriages. What does this mean for the church to be that witness? You have heard my call. What is going to be your response in the church city?